But let's begin with a conversation on bridging the gap, or should I say the gulf in our country, highlighted by the tragedy at James Smith Cree Nation. Here's Global's Nathaniel Dove. Everyone is pulling together. Everyone is sharing in their grief. Everyone is sharing in their pain. Everyone is, understands that the whole community is grieving. The whole community is hurting. So the whole community is trying to look after one another. Daryl Burns says his family is struggling. His sister Gloria will be laid to rest on Tuesday, following the services for Christian Head and Lana Head on Monday. Others will take place in the coming days. Burns says he's looking for solace, and that he is grateful for the outpouring of support, like the message from the families of the humble Broncos who died in the 2018 crash, extending their sincere condolences to the victims and families, and calling upon all Canadians to show the same level of compassion to their brothers and sisters from James Smith Cree Nation and Weldon. Carol Bronze, mother of athletic therapist Dana Bronze, says she knows what it's like to grieve with the world watching. My heart sank when I heard the words, you know, mass mass casualties, code orange. You know, it was kind of like, how can this be happening again? Burns says the attention presents an opportunity to finally fix the afflictions First Nations people face, the ongoing racism and the trauma of residential schools and addictions. All the resources that are coming into our community to help deal with this tragedy, to deal with the after effects of what's going on, be available to every Aboriginal community across Canada. Burns says the horrible lessons should not be lost. Global's Nathaniel Dove. Negan Sinclair is a professor, acting head in the Department of Indigenous Studies at the University of Manitoba. He's a thinker, a researcher, a writer who has an important perspective on many issues in this country and insights that are leading to conversations and action on reconciliation. Again, Sinclair, great to talk to you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, bonjour. Great. Thanks for having me. You know, I I think about the tragedy there, and I think about the conversations that I've had in the last several days, ranging from the need for accountability to know exactly what happened, to reconciliation to what needs to happen in so many communities both rural and urban, because history tends to repeat itself over and over and over. And I wonder what your thoughts are removed by a week from this tragedy, but it's still fresh in our minds. Uh, This horrendous and horrific act uh, that took place in Saskatchewan uh, is unfortunately not a very... um, not a new one for many Indigenous communities. Uh, It's a state of situation that's really been produced out of history, produced out of a long-standing set of policies that drove that community and those two young men's lives into poverty, into addictions, and then, as we know, with addictions, uh, violence follows soon after, whether it's violence against yourself or whether it be violence against others. And this situation is a good reminder that uh, that poverty, those policies, those residential schools, Indian acts, and the theft of land. And we have to remember, of course, that Saskatchewan is ground zero for another Indigenous genocide over 150 years ago in 1885, where uh, Cree communities 
were attacked upon by the Canadian military. Uh, we see a long history in Saskatchewan, particularly, but for all Indigenous peoples, um, history coming to bear and Canadians also being impacted, not just by within our own families and communities. So how do we begin to right those historic wrongs, mindful that we need to provide supports at a very young age? Because, you know, I look back at this and I say, well, there was a warning sign there, a warning sign there, a warning sign there. But we're having to really, really examine our relationships with each other and with our peoples and start anew. But what are those steps? Yeah, I mean, just to add to what you said there, I mean, many Canadians are only just waking up to the reality of what happened to residential schools as with the unmarked graves that are being found at those sites. Uh, so, I mean, for some sectors of the country, it's a very new discovery that violence and genocide has happened and, and that we're all inheriting that, that disaster together. Um, it's also very difficult to have hope on a time like this. And... Uh, understandably so. I mean, we all need to stand with James Smith, and I was very encouraged to see uh, the survivors of Humboldt and the survivors of other Laloche. I remember the school shooting in Laloche. The, the survivors of those horrific events sending out their love, and I think there was a fish fry uh, over in James Smith being held by community members and other allies that have come to support them. So take some hope in that. There was a really beautiful moment last week where um, the, the, a brother of one of those who had been slain and the wife of uh, Damien Sanderson, who was one of the perpetrators, um, embraced. And they said, um, in it, with a full, full set of tears, that uh, they're not to judge each other for what happened, but to try to move forward as relatives, as family, as a community. And those moments of hope are really what Indigenous peoples have been doing for a long period of time. I mean, if there's anything that we know what to do is how to recover from violence because we have experienced so much of it. And it's always by coming together more, not by separating, not by saying, oh, that's an Indigenous problem over there, poverty, addictions and violence. It isn't an Indigenous problem, never has been. It's very much a Canadian problem. And it's a situation in which we all have to come together to commit to each other more And what does that look like? Well, you know, the solution is not more police. The solution is not more um, systems that create trauma like the child welfare system. The solution is love, caring and compassion, uh, empowering a community to learn their language, to to redevelop their ceremonies, reestablish their government in the way they wish to to be uh, to be created. And, and, you know, if we put as much energy into revitalizing Indigenous communities as Canada spent destroying them or undermining them or attacking them, uh, we would be much more better off. But the hope that we can draw out of all of this is that when love, generosity and kindness is there, which is what we're seeing today with these, you know, non-Indigenous people, Indigenous peoples coming together as relatives, as neighbours, making fish for each other, sharing food, sharing time with each other. That is the hope that we can see. And that was happening before this is happening now and will happen more in the future. I see more hope and possibility than probably ever before in this country. Nick Ann Sinclair is with us from the University of Manitoba. Interestingly enough, I, I scanned through some of the announcements made today. 
CIBC has donated $30,000 to the James Smith Cree Nation and $20,000 to Shaw, uh, to uh, STARS, the Shock Trauma Air Rescue Service, in response to the events. And I think that, yes, $50,000 here or there. Um, but I also think about that next tragedy and the transition, because while I agree with you that love and understanding and compassion and will go a long way. It's a long way to get there. And until then, um, I do believe that these tragedies are going to play out again and again. And this is not fixed in weeks or months or years. This is still generations. Well, definitely. It, it took over a century and a half to get to this situation. Uh, much of it characterized by violence. And it's going to take at least that amount of time to get to a situation of what we might call reconciliation. But one of the things that I think is uh, probably most profound for me is that um, in a a time like this, uh, you might ask the question, why has it not happened before? We've seen mass killings, mass shootings, mass uh, murders, but in Indigenous communities, this just has not happened at the scale that it happened in Saskatchewan. Uh, and what you see is you see that for a very long time, uh, the work of the elders, the very hard work of, of mothers and partners and family members and you know ceremony people, medicine people in Indigenous communities have done a really exceptional job to try to take this violent experience that we have endured and to try to create something out of it so that we see, even today, more Indigenous students at universities than ever before. We see more Indigenous peoples in, uh, employed in workplaces than ever before. We see territorial acknowledgements. We see a government, a federal government, provincial governments adopting Indigenous rights. There is movement. And the important thing to remember is that uh, while it's very difficult to see that possibility right now, um, it's it's really a reminder that this this is an, an event that uh, at this scale uh, is is a sort of um, I guess we would say a call out in that uh, many communities are so deeply overwhelmed by what's happened with the pandemic and most recently with some of the situations involving poverty addictions in James Smith Cree Nation. I mean, in James Smith Cree Nation specifically, there's been ten overdose deaths in the past year. And there was a uh, murder-suicide three years ago. This is a community that has really hit a boiling point, really hit an end point. And we have to see those situations very seriously. Here in Manitoba, we've uh, Pegasus First Nation, the most devastated flood in history. Uh, and people are still in hotels six months later, living uh, in those situations, enduring that violence. So, you know, you could look to almost any Indigenous community in the country and go, you know, where are they at and how can we reach out to them? to as neighbors, as friends, as relatives, to be able to change the circumstances in which they're living and to share this bountiful riches that Canada lives in. And Nigan Sinclair, is there one thing that we can do now as a nation to move the needle in the right direction? Uh, well, you know, Richard, there's uh, this past week, the community's been asking for local police service. Uh, one of the concerns, one of the problems that they have is it's over 35 minutes from the RCMP detachment to the community. And for a community in deep distress, it may just be that uh, local tribal-run, uh, Indigenous-run police force 
instead of putting resources into RCMP nearby, use some of those resources to uh, create an Indigenous-led police force, which we know throughout the rest of the country, particularly in Ontario, is quite successful because it means that people know the officers. They're often from the community. They have, they're embedded within the community life. So there, there is a possibility there to think about what ways you can empower that community. But what I would say is the deep issue undergirding all of this is trauma. Uh, mental health supports, but particularly the reinstitution, the support of the ceremonies and, and uh, encouraging young people to learn their language, to feel proud of who they are. Because I can promise you that no matter how many after-school homework programs or job employment programs, none of those things really compare to a young Indigenous person feeling proud about themselves and knowing who they are, their culture, their language, their clan. And knowing those things enable a success rate for them to be in all segments of the economy, all elements of the country for the rest of their lives. The Hope and Wellness Helpline is a toll-free line at 1-855-242-3310. Or you can connect to an online chat at www.hopeforwellness.ca. Good words, good advice. Um, Like you said, we didn't get here... Uh, all of a sudden, it's taken many generations and over a hundred years. It's going to take uh, not days, not weeks, not months, but several years to get out of this. Negan Sinclair, it is always good to talk to you. Keep doing what you do, my friend. Yeah, and thanks so much for having this conversation. It's, it's due to having hard conversations like this, Richard, that help help the country, help people who probably don't have a lot of access to Indigenous communities and help uh, me reach others that perhaps may not have hear, uh, you know, what I have to say on in the areas that I work. So this means a lot. Miigwech.